Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 52 of Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and if today is your first time tuning into the program, I just want to share with you the heart behind Serving Our Nation. This is a program that is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders, and my goal is to offer you hope and encouragement through stories each week of people that have dedicated their lives to this notion of servant leadership and honoring God. Because what I have found to be true and seen time after time is that when you do this and lead that kind of life, blessings will follow as a natural byproduct of that service. Because all of us, in some form or fashion, are ministers because we are given special gifts by God. And it is because of those special gifts that it is our responsibility, our obligation, even our opportunity, that when we see a need in the world around us, we need to fill that need to the best of our ability. Because serving is for every person in all walks of life, whether you're in the military, a business leader, a leader of faith, a community leader, or even something as simple as serving your family. And last week in episode 51, we saw that lived out by Sergeant Major Retired Mike Levine. He talked about his journey from being in the infantry to broadcast journalism and this idea of always being on the razor's edge of getting in trouble. But his story was so compelling because he talked about when he truly stopped putting himself in his career first and focused on serving others. That is when real life change occurred for him and his life took a dramatic turn for the good. And not just his life, but those around him. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to episode 51 if you didn't have a chance to catch it last week. But for today, just a little bit about me that's relevant for today's guest. I have an opportunity to go to a lot of different conferences. And it's not good to do life alone, and it's not really fun to be at a conference alone. And so I have the great fortune of being at these conferences with people that I've come to see quite often. And one of those organizations is called Guidepost. Now, the name Guidepost might be familiar to you, because at least for me as a young kid, I would see these Guidepost magazines in the bathroom or in the living room next to a comfortable chair. Because Guidepost is really just great reading material to help you figure out how to live your life a little bit better. Some really good nuggets of wisdom. And through my opportunities to be at this conference, I've had a chance to meet a woman there named Miss T.M. Brown. And she currently serves as the Vice President of Outreach Ministries at Guidepost. And she's been at a lot of these conferences. And most recently, I had a chance to sit down and get to know her a little bit better and really learn what such a leader of character that she is. And so I have the great fortune of having her on the program today. And not only is she the Vice President of Outreach for Guidepost, she's also an ordained elder at her church. So I'm really excited about the conversation with her today. So when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Miss T. Ann Brown. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and today I'm joined by Ms. T. Ann Brown. T. Ann, first of all, thank you so very much for taking your time out of your schedule to be on the program with me here today. Thank you, Paul. It is such an honor and a privilege. I'm so excited to be with you. Thank you. So, TM, before you came on, I did just a brief introduction of who you are and what you do. And I'm really excited to have you on the program today because I think it's really important to have a battle buddy, so to speak. And one of the things I really like about going to conferences is always being able to see you there and talk with you a little bit. And, you know, at this last conference, I got to get to know you a little bit better. And as I was preparing for today's session, I was really thinking about, you know, how did you get plugged into Guidepost? And what was that journey like for you? Because I remember as a young kid, always seeing the Guidepost magazine, a little booklet, right? Sitting either in the bathroom or by a comfortable living room chair. And that was always one of my favorite things to read that my parents or grandparents had sitting out like how did you get to be in an organization like that well it is certainly god's uh, grace and appointment for me to be a part of a guy pose and speaking of grandparents uh interestingly enough i um my grandmother um was an is an avid reader of guideposts and when uh, the opportunity came along for me to interview with guideposts uh, which came by way of one of my colleagues while I was in seminary um, it was the opportunity to be a prayer manager so as I started out wow. and uh, when I by God's grace got the job I told my grandmother and she's like guideposts Oh, guideposts. I, <laughs> you know, I read that all the time. So she was excited. And, you know, at first I was like, you know, I wasn't too familiar with the organization, but yeah. the name had, you know, rang in my, my mind. I just couldn't. So when it connected with her, I was like, that's where guideposts came from. <laughs> so, um, so it was such a delight for both myself and her as an avid reader of guideposts. And when did you join the team? Uh, about seven years ago. Seven years. And you said you started as a prayer manager. Is that right? Absolutely. So started out as a prayer manager. Basically, I oversaw the prayer community. Um, you know, we encourage people uh, to pray and, and teach them, you know, the importance of prayer. Uh, we, you know, connect with other organizations, like-minded organizations that, you know, believe in the power of prayer. Uh, we're on social media, Facebook and, and Instagram, and we just encourage people, you know, that prayer is the key, that God hears us and that he answers us in his timing and his will, so. Indeed, and sometimes his response is not the one that we're looking for, but it's always his perfect will. It's so true, it's so true. <laughs> well, so you started as a prayer manager and now you're a vice president. Like, what was that journey like for you? How did you grow up to be a vice president and starting as a prayer manager? Yeah, so I, um, you know, again, started out as a prayer manager for a couple of years. Um, while I was in the position of doing uh, uh, the, as a prayer manager, I would also do these videos and, um, you know, just trying to connect with the audience and I, because I have also a video production background. And uh, during that time, um, there was some transition in the organization and then um, I had become the director of video production, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, and then this opportunity had come where uh, they were looking for um, actually a director of outreach ministries. Um, but during that time, you know, 
God had kind of connected me with, um, you know, the the executives and uh, leaders of our organization that it found fitting for me to be in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hesitated a little bit <laughs> because I was so excited about the director of video production. Um, but, you know, just prayed and trusted God. And, and as I had taken on that role, my predecessor um, had actually moved on um, to be a pastor. Um, actually, those of you may know, Pablo Diaz, um, I give honor and salute him. And uh, he went on to be a pastor. And so I was kind of in the line for that role. And um, favorably, you know, uh, the leaders looked on me and God looked on me. And so here I am. <laughs> and so for people that might not be as familiar with ministry as you and I are, what does it mean that you're the vice president of outreach ministries? What do you do on a day to day basis? Absolutely. Well, we're so blessed to have, um, you know, the heart and the passion to uh, really encourage our audience um, on the importance of spiritual well-being, um, you know, and helping them, you know, through to to know that anything is possible through hope, faith and prayer. Yes, Um, we have uh, we worked with the military. We work with hospitals. We work with uh, prisons um, uh, in, in recent times. We've, uh, you know, worked with hospitals with sick uh, children, uh, providing a product called Comfort Kits. Um, We have, you know, booklets that we uh, distribute to um, all of our constituents uh, that really encourage them Um, and uh, our product, of course. Um, And then, you know, again, our prayer community that really lifts, helps to lift them up in their time of need. So, you know, there's a conglomerate of things that we do to uh, help reach the the needs of people uh, through these efforts and um, we just really want to let them know that we are that trusted friend um, that's there for them that will pray with them uh, that will try to give them the content and material that they need um, to get through as we all know it's it's tough <laughs> you know yeah. these days and living and living a life of faith but it's nothing like being amongst people like-minded people uh, to go through life with and so we're grateful to be that. So when you talk about a trusted friend, I love that idea of just coming alongside somebody and doing life with them. What what would you say is the primary mission of Guidepost and maybe like where you see the organization or your role going within the next five years as part of that mission? No, absolutely. Um, I I, I believe that, you know, we really want to be there for others, um, to comfort them in their time of need, to encourage them, to inspire them, uh, to let them know that they can make it. Um, One of the things that people admire about our organization is that we tell stories from, uh, you know, first person and and we... um, you're able to see people's experiences through their trials and tribulations, but right. how God has brought them out. And so it's not only being there for them, but helping them to see, you know, you too can come out of this. You too can can make it through um, with faith, hope, and prayer. And so as we look at the future and just how, uh, you know, there will always be problems. There always has been. Um, but as we are in this dispensation of time, you know, in the, tri- the trials challenges that we do face uh, we are looking to be as relative as we can be and we know that even through uh, technology that also um, implies in what we do uh, and so you know we're grateful to have uh, you know our app of abide um, 
For those of you who don't know, we have an app uh, called Abide, and it is a meditative app, and, you know, a lot of people are blessed just to be able to center themselves uh, with the content within Abide um, and recenter them uh, with God and to strengthen their relationship with God and to help them through the period time. And so uh, we're, we're grateful to be that, again, trusted friend. And how long has that app been in existence? I feel like that's something uh, new. Yeah, no, um, I, I believe about seven years or so. Okay. Um, and we recently acquired uh, Abide. So, uh, uh, you know, it's been great to uh, acquire and to, you know, really come together in this new wave of reaching our audiences. So the app has been around for seven years, but you said you just recently acquired it. Absolutely. So how recent was that? Uh, about a year. Okay, so it just recently has come under the guidepost umbrella. Yes. Okay. And so if I wanted to get that app, is that available on both uh, the Apple and Google platforms? Yeah, you can. Um, yes, you can download it, um, uh, whichever uh, platform you have. Yeah. So when you talk about meditation, does it like walk you through how to do that meditation? What is the focus of the app? Sure. So um, there is uh, different aspects to the app in which when you download it you um you know can not only download choice of music types of music wow you find soothing to you um there are scriptures uh obviously there are topics um that will be relative to you if you're looking for you know encouragement or healing or you know you want peace or joy or you know anything topic wow um, you can find those subjects and then there's content that associates with it. Um, I've used it in times just, you know, can't sleep and I'll put on the put on the app and you can choose what is most soothing to you and what makes sense to you. Um, and, and I've slept like a baby with it. And so it is truly a blessing um, uh, to, to myself. And, and we've gotten testimonies from so many people. That's awesome. I'm going to download that for myself. <laughs> Please do. And anyone hearing this, uh, feel free to download it um, so that it may be a blessing to you as well. Well, Tian, I'm curious. I mean, you've been doing this for quite a while now. You said you've been with the company for seven years and now you're a vice president. I would think that at this point in your career, you've got some kind of mental picture of what being a leader looks like and particularly a servant leader. So can you share with us a little bit about your philosophy of servant leadership and how you serve other people? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, one of the important things of servant leadership is obviously someone who is somewhat in the forefront mm -hmm. of others, uh, but being an example yeah. uh, to others. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful uh, to have different experiences to bring me to this place um, of leadership. But I think it's being able to take the experiences, the learned experiences, the wisdom, and apply them um, so that I can be my best self uh, in front of others. Um, but not only that, being the example by saying, you know, you hear that saying, uh, do do as I say, uh, not as I do kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, we it's, it's more of do what I, I want you to do what I do. Yeah. I want you to, it's not just what I say and I'm trying to, you know, tell you what to do, but I want to be that example, um, be an example. And, and, and if we take the qualities of what a leader 
should be, you know, whether it's being loving, kind, um, hardworking, um, you know, uh, having integrity. It's embodying those things that people see it and that's something that they would want to model after. And so, you know, my prayer is that, you know, God always keeps me humble and keeps me, you know, under the characteristics of what the what the Bible expects us to be and to be that light so that it can permeate through anyone that, uh, you know, I I interact that they, too, can say, you know, um, this is the way to go. You know, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. I said. So when you talk about this idea of following and being a good example, is there somebody that has poured into you or has served as that mentor, you know, good example for you that you are now able to emulate in your leadership position? Absolutely. Um, and I think it starts even from the core, the beginning. I'm blessed to have a beautiful uh, mother. I was I was raised in a single parent home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mom really exemplified, you know, great morals and values uh, and instilled those things in me as a child. Um, and we know the scripture, you know, train a child in a way that that's right. Where she is to go and when they're old they won't depart from it and so the bible has been true to that for me in my life i've held to those values and to those morals um and done my best to try of course no one's perfect and we yeah. make mistakes and that's how we learn along the way um but for the most part um she has been uh very impactful in my formative years that has carried out into my adulthood and along the way of course you meet uh people in different seasons that help to groom you and help to, you know, sharpen you and shape you. Um, and I will say even in this role at Guidepost, um, Pablo Diaz, who was my predecessor, uh, did a, a lot of a pouring into and shaping me as he, you know, had already, you know, had the ropes, uh, a handle on the ropes before I got here um, and just helping me and grooming me to be the leader that I am today. Awesome. And in the seven plus years that you've been there, what would you say has been the greatest blessings that you've received from God, you know, as part of your work? And you just look back and say, wow, I can't believe that I get to do whatever. Yeah, Um, I think, you know, just the the beauty of seeing God's hand bring everything together. in in my past experiences and my education um i i went to american international college in springfield mass and i went for marketing communications and then i got my mba in business management um and then the lord called me to you know ministry in which i got my masters of divinity and so you know at some point i was like god well what do i do with all these things and yeah. the guidepost came along um and me not knowing that i would be in this role that i am now um and actually didn't even want it to be honest i, I it wasn't something i was like looking forward uh looking trying to have as a goal um but god when it happened and now as i'm in it i'm like wow i see the hand of god and how all of my experiences and my education just literally it flows through this role you know um and having to make you know executive decisions and having to apply you know the production apply business apply ministry um it just all comes together so i think one of the greatest things just seeing god's hand uh, bring it all together and being able to be a leader and be a blessing to others um, with the gifts that God has given me and just give what I what I got. <laughs> I love it. I This idea of he works all things for good, that it's so true in your story. I love it. 
Thank you. Yeah. To God be the glory. Amen. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, I'm going to continue the conversation with Ms. T. Ann Brown. So stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and today I'm joined by Ms. Tian Brown. So, Tian, in the first half, we were talking about your work with Guidepost, but you are a woman of many talents, and you're also an ordained elder at your church. So, can you tell me a little bit about that and, you know, how you got into that and how long and all that good stuff? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So um, I attend New Life Cathedral in Brooklyn, New York, where Bishop Robert Rochford is my senior pastor. And um, I've been serving there for 20 plus years, uh, different capacities, uh, leading worship as um, worship leader, uh, praise dancer, um, minister, uh, educator. Um, I've worked with our uh, cultural, I'm sorry, community um, division. I've worked just as a young adult pastor, um, so many different facets um, that I've been so grateful to serve. Um, and the Lord or uh, called me to ministry, um, you know, I think, oh man, was it 20, 2010 or so? And um, I, you know, ended up getting my I think it was 2009 actually and then I went to seminary um and I was ordained and I, you know I, I didn't really see myself as you know I, I never thought I would ever be called to ministry it wasn't something I was looking to do um but you know as I journeyed through um I saw the hand of God just on my life and the mm-hmm. gift to preach and to teach um in which I do a lot of evangelize different conferences and churches across the nation and the world um and so it's just a blessing just to see God um continue to develop me as uh, a follower of him So when you talk about the term ordained elder, for people that maybe are not as familiar with ministry, can you unpack that a little bit, what that means, what you had to do to get there and things of that nature? Sure. Um, So I basically, uh, you know, professed that I believe the Lord had called me to ministry. I didn't know what that meant at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But then that became affirmed by my uh, senior pastor. Um, And what they do, you go through kind of a trial period of, of, um, you know, um, being educated on what it is to be a minister mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, as an acting minister, serving in those capacities, whether it's, you know, serving communion or, you know, uh, teaching and taking classes and things of that nature. And then from there, um, you are promoted to uh, an elder in which that gives you the uh, license, uh, so to speak, to um, go out and, and uh, preach or if you want to um 
you know, do weddings or do funerals or things of that nature. I mean, you could still go out and preach if you were a minister as well, but um, the ordained elder is just another level of responsibility. Um, and if, you know, God were to call me or whoever who was ordained a uh, pastor uh, to start their own church, you could go and, and have your own church kind of thing. So um, all of which I, I have no, <laughs> you know, desire um, to in that sense, but, um, you know, God has, you know, brought me to that level of ministry yeah. um, that has been, you know, respected in a sense uh, that I can go anywhere and and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how long have you been at that level of ordained elder? Uh, since I think 2014, I think 2015. Okay. So yeah. quite some, t about the same amount of time that you've been with guideposts. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And so that goes back to your point of God bringing all things together, right? Working all things for good. Yeah, indeed. So in the last seven years, because that seems to be a prominent number in your life, what <laughs> would you say has been the most memorable moment, either with guidepost or what you're doing as an ordained elder, something that has really jumped out at you as just an incredible opportunity where you get to do ministry? Um, I would say uh, for you know, guideposts, I think just in itself for God to take me from being a prayer manager to becoming a VP of ministries. I think it's just nobody, but the hand of God, you know, in the short amount of time that I've been there. Um, and just to have that opportunity to impact the world, uh, through the content that God has um, given us, um, I think is just a wonder in itself. Um, in terms of personal ministry, um, I think being able to have uh, traveled so many different places and especially even out of the country, I uh, did a revival once in, in India, you know, uh, for youth of about, I don't know, maybe five or 600 youth, Wow. you know, um, and it was just amazing to see God's hand on that. So just to see how all of it comes together, um, it's just a continual uh, wow to me. Uh, and I think, you know, even during ministry, while I was in seminary, before I knew that God called me to preach, I about my second end of my second year, I was going to quit because when I looked around, all I saw was, you know, people who were either pastors or church planners or, you know, they wanted to preach. And I just was like, I didn't I, I didn't I didn't know who I was fully yet. Mm -hmm. um, but my colleague had encouraged me to continue. And and when I did and gave God that full yes, that's when God began to open the doors. And then I began to see why I am called to preach. And so, you know, just to be able to follow that and trust God in that and to see, you know, where he has taken me from when I preaching or <laughs> being a minister was not even across came across my radar is just to see the amazing hand of God. So when you talk about giving your full yes, was there a degree of apprehension or timidity because of, you know, being a woman and then on top of that being a black woman? Was there any like, you know, I don't know if this is right for me. I don't know if, you know, I'm the right person for this. Anything like that? Has that been hard for you being a woman and a minister? Um, I'll say I, I don't feel like that I've incurred uh, some of the challenges that I feel that some of my peers, other uh, women and or black women have um, incurred um, in that sense. Um, I, I'll say this in, in terms of the um, 
in terms of ministering and preaching, um, I was very apprehensive because it wasn't anything I wanted to do. Um, I didn't see it. I didn't sense it. I didn't like it just came out of nowhere in a sense for me. And so the trepidation was care of, uh, you know, going into a direction that I knew nothing about, didn't desire and feeling like I may have had to be something that I wasn't yeah. or thought that I wasn't in effort to please the crowd, so to speak. And so I come from a black Pentecostal church and, mm-hmm. you know, I remember asking my friend the first time I had to preach and I'm like, how does somebody start talking one minute? And then they're just like, you know, hooping the next. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> hoop, I don't, I'm not a fake person. I just didn't register. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, when the Lord used me, you know, um, it just like the spirit of God just came on me and I'm like, oh, OK. And so, you know, that's where the trepidation had come initially, um, just feeling like I had to be something in order to uh, please the crowd. But God had caused me to develop into my own person. Um, and, then I, and that's when I knew it was him because I didn't get any techniques or any, you know, uh, style from anybody that I tried to emulate. It literally was the grace of God on my life. Um, in terms of, you know, the working field, you know, even with Guy Post and uh, traveling and, and, and working with uh, people of different uh, cultures, um, I will say being a Black woman and also being a very youthful looking Black woman, um, I, I have come into some instances where I am underestimated mm-hmm. um, in terms of who I am just based off of whatever a person's perception is. Um, and uh, that has been, you know, challenging in the sense of just observing um, how one may react to someone else who um maybe of a different uh you know uh, complexion or different mm-hmm. nationality um and a different appearance uh, but you know god has always graced me to you know when i open my mouth it uh the the proof is in the pudding and and that god has called me to this and so um i would say you know those are some of the challenges that i may deal with just people's initial uh perception that they may have um, of, of what they may think that I, that I am. So let's unpack that for a minute. You talked about, you know, part of the trepidation is an uncertainty of who you were. And, you know, if God had called you to preaching, you didn't feel like it was necessarily the right thing of who you were and, you know, what that you were meant to do. And now you're in a position of leadership, both in guidepost and in the church. So how are you able to take your experiences and discovering who you are and help other women understand who they are and their unique giftings and what God has called them to do. Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, for me and my journey, um, it was certainly developing that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had a lot of people tell me prior to me becoming a minister that, you know, the Lord was going to use me to preach and to teach, but I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't know it. And after a while, when so many people said it, I was just like, okay, maybe there's something to this. And when I did my own kind of, um, you know, personal time and I had my own personal time with the Lord, um, he revealed it to me through his word. It was actually when I read John 21 and he said, you know, uh, Peter, feed, uh, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, I 
it was like the Bible just illuminated to me at that moment. And I still didn't know how it was all, what it all meant at the time, but I had my own personal confirmation with the Lord through his word at that time. And so then the Lord began to develop those things. So my, you know, experience that helps to um, inspire others or encourage others and other women um, in this walk is certainly centering yourself in your relationship with the Lord um, because it will be through his word that he reveals who you are. Yeah. Um, and even when you have the doubt, you know, God will come to confirm it and he'll come to kind of lead you and guide you as you trust him in that. And so um, I think that that is key. And um, also just continuing to to push and persevere because we're constantly the Bible talks about, you know, that battle of the spirit and the flesh. Yeah. And you can sense or believe one thing spiritually, but the flesh will give you, you know, a different um, view. And it's important to always try to like center it back into what the spirit of God is, is encouraging you uh, to know and to believe. Um, so that would be my, my, my thought towards other women who are on that same path and journey. Yeah. And do you feel like your jobs, your roles influence each other? Does your position as a church elder, does that influence what you do at Guidepost or vice versa? Yeah, it's funny because people are like, oh, so you're a full-time minister. <laughs> I'm like, I guess I am in a sense, right? Because it doesn't matter whether, you know, either role, I still have to be very prayerful. It, yeah. it takes the same characteristics yes. uh, to fulfill both roles. Yeah. And so I do believe they influence each other. They strengthen each other. They may have you know slightly different uh, tasks or roles um but they carry the same foundation of characteristics um and giftings and so um they they certainly overlap and and that I, I can say yes i'm a full-time minister <laughs> i love it well last thing we got about a minute left if there is a young woman that's listening today and maybe she is considering a life of ministry but again trying to discover who she is in Christ. What would you say to her in terms of next steps and how to discover what God is calling her to do? Absolutely. Um, I would encourage her to really uh, strengthen her relationship with the Lord through time, through prayer, through fasting, through reading the word of God. I would encourage her to connect with a mentor or a woman, a senior woman um, of a like path that would be able to give some guidance and some insight um, to her. I would have her to, you know, explore, um, you know, different facets of ministry, because I also believe that just because you know, one is called to ministry doesn't necessarily mean you'll be a, a pastor of a church, senior pastor of a church or that you'll be preaching and teaching. But there's so many different facets of ministry, you know, and so knowing that, you know, what what is it that God has gifted you with and what is he calling you to? Yes. Um, it can be a wide frame of things, but only God can kind of lead you into what that is uh, specifically. And so, you know, not being um kind of forced into a box to think that ministry has to look like this or that, but be open to, to how God will want to use you. Amen. 
Well, Tian, we're about at the end of our time, but I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show, for your heart, for all that you do for your church and for Guideposts, and just for an opportunity for me to come alongside you and, you know, the time that we got to spend together and get to know each other. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's such an honor, and I thank you for this time and for having me. Many blessings to you and the ministry. Thank you, Tian. All right, and when we come back from the break, we're going to reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guest. So stay with us. We'll be right back. listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And as we close out today's show, let's just briefly reflect on what we've heard from Ms. T.M. Brown. She had so many really powerful nuggets, and I just want to unpack a few of the things that she spoke about. I really loved when she was talking about her philosophy of service and how she lives that out. She said that the biggest task that she has as a leader in guidepost and as an elder is to embody the characteristics of a good leader and to be an example to others. Now listen, regardless of what your occupation is and what you do for a living, every single one of us can learn from that, right? We need to be that example to others and not say to people, do as I say, not as I do. You want to be that shining example for people to look and say, okay, this is how I should behave. This is how I need to do my work and so forth. A second piece that she said when she was discussing the mission and vision of Guidepost, the idea of being there for other people. That's the whole point of what she does in both of her roles is being there for other people. And then she further discussed how people like her mother and Pablo Diaz are people that were there for her, people that poured into her life to help her become the leader that she is today. Now I wonder what can each one of us do to be there for somebody else? Can you serve as a mentor for somebody? Can you really take the time? Maybe you're a parent, a brother or a sister. Can you take the time to invest into somebody's life, to pour into them, to be there for that person so that one day they'll grow up and they'll be a vice president of outreach and they can look back and they can say, well, you know what? It's because of this person that poured into me that I am where I am now today. I'd really encourage us to think about that. And I love what she was talking about when I was asking her about the role that she does as a elder. She has all these different ministries that she's involved in. And really, she just talked about wanting to use her gifts, right? And I talk about that every single show. Every single person is given different gifts. 
And the way that we are called to serve is to figure out what those gifts are and give God our full yes. When I asked her about her most memorable moment, she said it was giving God her full yes. Now listen, I don't know what job you have. I don't know what you do. But I do know that when you give God your full yes and you allow him to bring all things together, all the experiences that you've had, your education, your knowledge, your interest, your desires, all the things that make up who you are. When you give God your full yes, it allows him to bring all things together and work all things for his good. I know that from my life, Tian talked about that several times, and I would encourage you to do the same. And the last thing that Tian said that I thought was really powerful, she said that she is really captivated by John 21 and this idea of feed my sheep. Now, if you're not a person that reads the Bible quite often, let me just say this, that feeding my sheep, he's calling Tian, listen, I want you to be able to care for other people, feed my sheep, take care of other people. And it just goes back to the basic premise that I mentioned each week. What are you doing with your giftings? What are you doing to serve other people? What are you doing to feed the sheep? And that could be in a hundred different ways, but what are you doing to feed the sheep with the talents and the gifts and the abilities that God has given you? So thankful for Tian and her message that she shared with us today. But I also wanna tell you, again, this idea of when you put good into the universe, good comes back to you. So this past week, I had an opportunity to really be uh, a little bit generous with some people in my life. There was uh, a couple of situations, a couple of circumstances where I just saw an opportunity to serve other people. And I went a little bit above and beyond with uh, these situations because I just felt it was the right thing to do for uh, various different reasons. And looking at my checkbook and looking at the things that were coming up in terms of bills and obligations, what I felt like I needed to do was the right thing, didn't quite align with what I thought was feasible in terms of the checkbook, but I just felt, no, you know what, this is the right thing to do, and this is what God is calling me to do, and so I'm going to be faithful in it, and God will work it out, but the money will be there somehow, God will work it out. And so I was able to go and do those things and really bless people in some really special ways. But then just recently, I got a piece of mail and I opened it up and it was a check for over $1,700. And that is exponentially more than what I spent on some other people to be able to bless them. And let me just tell you, when you bless other people, God will return that exponentially. Right? So not only did I recover all the money that I spent on other people, but now I have a little bit extra to be able to do some other things that I was hoping to do, you know, in terms of enjoyment with my family and so forth. You can never outgive God. So I would say to you today, one way that you can really be a servant leader is by just digging deep. What can you do to serve other people, to give to other people, to bring joy into their life? Because when you do that, you cannot outgive God. His blessings will come back on you tenfold. It's the one area in the Bible where God says to test them and see what he does. All right, listen, next week, really excited about uh, who's coming on the show. So Judge Patrick Dugan is going to be my guest next week, and he's the president and judge of the Philadelphia Municipal Court. 
and he's also one of the first founders of the Philadelphia Veterans Court, and he's a 23-year arming veteran. Really excited about my conversation with him next week and what he's going to bring to the program. But until then, I want you to remember, as you go about your week, no matter where you're at, always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening and join us again next week. Walking around these walls I thought by now they fall But you have never felt me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never felt me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your
Oh, Lord. 